And we are back. Welcome in, Greg. How's it going tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for coming on. This is your second appearance. The first being the actual first live episode of the show we had. So it's kind of a little break ground here, man. Appreciate you coming. Awesome appearance. Appreciate your insights, your writing. So look forward to discussion tonight. Of course. And uh, I look forward to the same. Hope you've been well, Matthew. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before we get started, how are you doing, man? Just to kick it off. I mean, how, how's things going your way? <laughs> um, going well. Um, my students have their first um, benchmark exam of the year tomorrow. So hopefully I, you know, I'm worried about them getting a good night's sleep, getting a good breakfast in the morning, being prepared <laughs> to take the test. But I'm also worried about me getting a good night's sleep, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, too. So um, that's that's a little on my mind. But uh other than that, it's been going well. Uh, I'm getting married in 42 days, so a lot of last-minute wedding planning going on. And, oh, by the way, the uh, XFL-USFL merger and, and all that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Try, to fit, a try to fit that in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you should be worried about that marriage right now, brother. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I am. I got permission to be on this show. There you me. go. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate you again, man. And congrats on getting married. I wasn't aware of that. So that's yep. awesome. Appreciate team. it. Uh, hope for some long years of lasting marriage on your end. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> so do happy. I. <laughs> I'm very happy already. <laughs> but anywho, man, uh, we're just going to cu- uh, discuss a couple things today. Nothing really significant went on since I've last had a show. And I think your last appearance was on the Marcast. And guess what you discussed? The merger. <laughs> so. <laughs> We're going to hit that a little bit at the end. We won't spend a lot of time on that. If fans have any questions, we'll definitely try to answer what we can. But, you know, like I know, we're all just kind of sitting and waiting right now. Sure. Yeah, and that's the tough part. I mean, we're we're in this sort of stage where, and, you know, I, I know we'll talk about it when we get into the Orlando Showcase, but the XFL is a bit of a zombie right now. It's kind yeah. of like alive and at the same time not alive. And it's just kind of like, you know, I, I have to – I. I I listened to Mike Lathrop's Player 54 podcast before I came on um, just to kind of because he was at the showcase and yep, yep. a lot of the details we're going to talk about come from him. Yep. And he had an interview with Terrell Buckley on his show. And all I could think about was like, this guy might not even have a job next month. Like, you know, he's out there scouting and God bless him. And, you know, I know his defensive coordinator, Tony Carter, was out there as well. And it just felt it just felt empty listening to him like I felt bad for the man um, because you just don't know the Orlando uh, you know franchise is one of those that's in flux when you're talking about what what teams are going to make the cut when it comes to this merged league certainly Orlando would be one of those teams you would imagine on the on the um, on the fence Um, but I don't know, I you know, so to, to hear him and to talk to and hear him talk about like the upcoming XFL season and the players that he's looking for, it's like I just felt bad. Like it just it didn't make any sense. Like why are we why are we doing this? It's just I know they have to. I know they have to go forward and, and they have to um, do all these things as if they are going to play in in 2024, just in case the unlikely happens and the merger for whatever reason does not go through they have to be prepared to play in 2024 but i I feel like the likelihood of that is pretty slim um so it was just it was weird it was it was not a comfortable listen and it wasn't anything he said like i mean he was 
you know, he was fine. I mean, he was in his head coach speak and he was doing what he needed to do to prepare for 2024, but knowing what we know and knowing what they know, but can't talk about or can't even acknowledge it's just you're in this weird, that's why I say it's like a zombie state. You're not alive, but you're not dead. You're sort of in this purgatory, which is what I think a lot of people in these leagues are, are feeling right now. And certainly a lot of fans are feeling the same way. Matthew, I, I can't hear you. I think you might be on mute. Oh, I, mu- I muted myself. Okay. Apologies. apologies. <laughs> it's probably better I did mute myself anyway. <laughs> no, but what I was saying is um, it, it's unfortunate that we're in this middle ground where we're kind of just waiting. We're, we sit mm-hmm. and wait and see what happens. Uh, I know. Yeah, like- we, we've waited. I mean, you know, think about the lead up two and a half years to the kickoff of the XFL. There was a lot of waiting. There was a lot of time that went by with no news. And, you know, once you have that first season and you you kind of take a, an exhale, right? You take a deep breath, you exhale. You're like, okay, they made it through season one. There were certainly some bump. Yep. Yeah. So, ver, season one, version three. <laughs> um, but, and there were some bumps in the road, but ultimately they got through it and were, you know, full steam ahead towards season two. And then you hear this merger and now you're back in the waiting game. You're, you're, waiting to hear news they're they're going ahead with these events like the showcases but the draft is being pushed back and a lot of other things that you would imagine would be happening if not for the merger are not happening so we find ourselves waiting again and we we thought we were kind of past this nope nope and we may be waiting all next year to see what this product is also that's the sad reality of what's going on is Mm -hmm. it may be 25 till we see what this merger actually entails on our end yeah, in that that's a good point, you know. Um even if tomorrow they came out and said, "Hey, we've got approval, we're ready to go." I mean, even an April kickoff feels daunting at this point with yeah. everything that needs to be done and uh so, you know, the question is if they do push it back to 2025. And again, we've been in this territory before. The XFL was supposed to kick off in 2022. They ended up pushing that back to 2023. So it's been known to happen. Um, you know, what happens in 2024? Do they just lay low and does neither league play or does the XFL and USFL play separately and sort of kind of build up the merger through the media? and through their own games and things like that. Or like I said, do they both take the year off? I don't know. Uh, One of the 375,000 questions that still feel like they need to be answered. (laughs) Yeah. I wish someone had the answers. We're all just waiting on a news article or a a bit from an interview or anything we can get at this point. And I guess since we're just talking about the merger, let's just get it out the way. How's that sound? We'll go opposite. We were going to go showcase (laughs) first, but since we're discussing the Hey man, you're in charge. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and get it rolling on that end. So latest updates that I'm hearing are coming from Ben Fisher. um, And that was at a conference with Larry Jones. Larry Jones is a former Fox sports EVP and consultant to the network. Um, Basically, here, I'm going to share it on the screen. 
basically his comments were um, in three or four years, they'll be looking to sell franchises individually. And also Fox will have a part to play in this. And, and, and honestly, I mean, it's not the, the Fox part isn't very big news unless it was an exclusive, which it does not say that. Um, this is the actual article that Ben Fisher released. It doesn't say these comments regarding the um, the, the Fox or the. Uh, here we go. Broad distribution will be important for that merge league. I tried to find that in the actual article right here, and I couldn't find that. But if you go over to Ben Fisher's Twitter, he posted those. I mean that that exact quote right here. So I couldn't find that quote in this article, though. Um, I looked and looked, and I tried to find something legitimate. I tried to find video. I tried to find anything I could use here today. And there wasn't nothing but this and, and some tweets from, from Ben Fisher and then everyone who picked up his tweets. Um, so judging from this, it's not really anything shocking on my end. I know they said they're going to be using more broadcasting, which is a smart play in my opinion. Uh, what do you think about all this, Greg? I mean, what, what do you make of, of Ben Fisher and Larry Jones and these comments? Well, the, the term broad distribution is – one assumes they're talking about network TV, which, you know, more games on Fox. Okay. Yeah. Um, that is probably the best case scenario, but it, it also didn't help the USFL in 2023. Um, they had way more games on Fox and NBC, and it was not reflected positively in the ratings. So broad distribution as, as an idea is great, but it does not guarantee results. Uh, broad distribution could also mean, um, you know, as many network partners as they can get. Maybe yeah. they bring NBC in. Uh, maybe they bring ESPN in. Um, you know, the advantage of being on ESPN naturally is you get coverage on SportsCenter and on a lot of the key programs on ESPN, which I think helped the XFL. Um, you know, you, you, it legitimizes you as a professional sports league to be discussed on the same shows with Major League Baseball and with the National Football League and the NHL. Um, so, you know, you have that as well. Plus, you know, when you dig into the ratings, as I did for one of my columns at the end of the XFL season, uh, ESPN provided, and, and I don't know if ESPN was the reason for this. I don't know if, it, you know, the XFL was the reason for this, but um the XFL did much better, even though the ratings were pretty even between the two leagues, the XFL did much better in 18 to 49, yep, which is the yep. key demographic for advertising. So I don't know if that means ESPN skews younger. I don't know if that means the XFL for whatever reason skewed younger as a league. Uh, but if you want to maximize your advertising, uh, you would want to go where the younger viewers are. And apparently that's ESPN yep. slash ABC. So really don't know what broad distribution means. Uh, you, you would assume that Fox is going to play an important role since they are a part owner. So it's going to be on Fox. But is that it or are the other network partners for the USFL and XFL in play here? Um, and that's why I say, you know, 2024 seems daunting because we're kind of getting late in the game for scheduling and these, you know, ESPN is going to want to know what they're going to be airing and when they're going to be airing it. And exactly. so if you can't say, Hey, uh, you know, if you can't make a deal with them, first of all, and I don't know 
if their deal with the XFL would necessarily transfer, you maybe try to negotiate a brand new deal and that can take a while. Uh, and then, you know, trying to get programming on the network and trying to get um, not just any old time slot you can take, um, but trying to get, you know, good real estate on, on an ESPN or even an FX, uh, you know, those networks are going to want to know that they need to carve out time for, for the games. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It, 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 you know, the other thing too is ESPN had the XFL February to, eight, uh, February to May. And if you're talking about an April kickoff, which a lot of the reporting is for this new merged league, uh, now you are into kind of different sports seasons for ESPN and the availability may not be there for that network as it was February through May. So uh, again, a lot of, a lot of balls still up in the air, and this is just broadcasting. I mean, this yep, is yep. this is just where the games are going <clears> to <throat> uh, air, and there are still so many different branches of this merged league that need to be reconciled before you can play a down of football. Agreed, and that's what's crazy is this. This is just one detail. I mean, we still we got to swing back around to the to the selling of franchises in three to four years. Yeah. This has been this has been the USFL dream forever, in my opinion. I mean, since the old days of the USFL. Mm-hmm. What? Here's my only thought on this: is if your teams don't have an identity or a market, it's going to be very tough to sell anyone this team. Yeah. And and right now, look at what we're sitting at. I mean, it's places like Orlando, Houston, Vegas. We we don't know what's happening there. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I will I will plug the xflboard.com forums because i posted Great last place. night i posted last night my diatribe on this topic and so i don't i don't necessarily want to repeat it word for word here other can than I access just, that without being signed in is that uh, i i don't know i'm always no signed problem. in so i'm not quite sure <laughs> no problem i was gonna look for it but no worries if not but um i share the same concerns you do in terms of just the markets, but there, I have a lot of other concerns as well. Um, you know, the, the first thing that stands out to me is, you know, and, and I've, and I've tweeted this out too. And I've said like, I don't get it. I don't get how you're going to start selling franchise in three to four years. What am I missing here? And a lot of the responses I get is, well, I think the, the league expects to be in market by then. So, you're not selling a franchise out of a hub. They're going into the markets and they're selling for them from there. Yep. And okay. Now the, if I'm an owner and, and I'm investing in, you know, millions of dollars, untold millions, because not only am I buying the franchise for millions, it's going to take millions to continue running the franchise. Yep. You're talking now you're going to be responsible for paying the coaches. You're going to be responsible for paying the players. You're likely going to be responsible for the stadium lease. You're going to be responsible for local advertising. So all of that, you know, it's not just you're going to pay $20 million for this franchise and that's the only money you're going to spend on it. You're going to be continuing to invest money into this franchise year after year, and that's going to go up year after year. So where's my Where's my income? Where's my revenue? Yeah, you know? that's, that's it's, the it's, same. It's local revenue and it's ticket sales, which are nice um, if you can get people to come to the games. But 
the big piece of the pie is television rights fees. And the NFL, as with, I think, most other sports leagues, split the, the billions of dollars that they get in TV rights fees amongst the all the owners. And that's the biggest piece of the revenue pie for, I think, probably every sports league. If you are a league that is owned by Fox and the games are airing on Fox, perhaps exclusively, there are no TV rights fees. So where is that biggest piece of revenue going to come from if I'm an owner and I'm looking at where my revenue is going to come from? You know, that's going to be my biggest question. And so the other thing, too, is, you know, as a league, you have to show that you are viable. You know, no one's going to bet, you know, put $20 million down on a franchise for a league that is um, still crawling along the floor, you know, that they're, they're, they're still question year to year about their existence. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe this merge league is going to take off, but um, if you're playing in hubs for the first few years, I really have my doubts about that. And the whole idea of moving out of the hubs and into the home markets, I question as well. Um, Again, because the biggest revenue streams for sports leagues are TV rights fees and attendance, not just attendance, but everything that comes with that concessions, parking, a venue merch that you sell at the stadium. Okay. If you're in a hub and you're airing on Fox, you've now taken two of those um, major revenue streams away because you're not getting the TV rights fees by being on the, the station of the, um, the network that owns the league and you're in hubs so you're getting very minimal uh, uh, revenue. And and even for the teams who are home hubs, like Moose Johnston came out and said they were disappointed by the attendance. Like, So I just, I understand wanting to sell franchises, and I think that's a great end game. But I'm not sure that this league is going about it in a way that's going to make those franchises worth what they would like to sell them for, even four or five years down the line. Agreed. <clears throat> Had a comment from John. Stadium rent, insurance, coaches and players, plus promotional, but Fox wants to keep control of ad dollars and ad content. No one is going to buy into that. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, maybe once they get, if they get buyers of these franchises, maybe Fox is going to, you know, spread those ad dollars amongst the ownership but even then like i can't imagine that's going to i mean that's a major revenue for fox so what is fox making off it maybe the the ownership fees i guess um they're they're making the money that that owners are are willing to buy but you know these are leagues that have been now for three or four years looking for investors and I feel like you would have more success getting investor to invest in a league itself as opposed to individual franchises. And neither the USFL nor the XFL um, have been able to do that. And so I, I just, I, again, I understand that that's their end game. And I think that makes sense. I just wonder if they're going about it in a way that's going to attract people who want to own these franchises. From my research, the the past USFL had the same same plan, and I'm not sure the exact years. Uh, I'll research it, and I don't want to bring it on the show until I have it fully ready. But 
I know that they were trying to get owners to buy into this same thing um, back in the day. And once they actually saw what that was and what you lost, not what you gained, yeah. most of the investors said, nah, sorry, got to go. And then, mm-hmm. you know, USFL failed as a spring program. But that, yeah. that's the sad history about it. And it looks like unless they make some changes, we could see something similar here. And that that's history repeats itself. And that's a common yeah. thing, you know, unfortunately. unfortunately. Uh, but yeah. So we'll see what happens with it. But I'm, I'm on your front as well. We have to have if we're going to have the hub, the hub system is going to be hard to do and sell off teams as is. If you, Especially if you're looking at revenue from people attending. I mean. We know how that was. And, and that's, that that's the thing, too. Like, OK, you're not going to sell franchises until you get out of the hub and you get into the individual markets. Well, when is that? What what is going to make Fox decide to do that? If they're saving all of this money by being in the hubs and. I mean, what what is the. I don't know how to say it. What is that revenue marker that they're going to look at to say, okay, we've met this, this, and this goal. Now we can move out of the hubs. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they would look at to decide that it is time to go into stadiums. Like I I don't see the avenue for them to do that. Once you've been in hubs, unless they just get so desperate and say, we got to get out there to sell these franchises. But even then, Like you're going to have to play three or four seasons in these cities Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. someone's going to step up and buy a franchise. They want to see that it's viable. They want to collect data. How many people are attending the games? How much are they spending uh, on merchandise? Um, What is the local interest in this team? And they don't want just one year of data points. The people who are investing millions of dollars in these teams are going to want multiple years of data points that they can point to to say that this is going to be a worthwhile investment so it's just i mean you're talking years down the line i think before you can sell these franchises for what a league would want to sell them for agreed oh we had a question from john it's a good question so i want to hit it uh Greg, has there been any word of interest from the XFL? I know they wanted to sell 45% of it to get dollars in. Did anyone bite on anything? I'm not too familiar with this, so maybe you will be. Greg. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have any inside info on that. I don't know if he's so interest from the XFL. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he's talking about investors investing in the XFL. Um, that's what it sounds like the last uh, part of it, but I believe again, that's what he's referring to. Yeah, I'll I, comment back. I don't think either league has found any investors. I think if the XFL had found investors, they would not be necessarily looking to merge with the USFL <laughs> um, because that would take some of the the burden, the financial burden off of Redbird's plate. Um, so again, you know, these leagues have put feelers out there. They've had. Um, people out there trying to bring investors into these leagues over the past two, three, four years, and they've been unsuccessful in doing so. And 
you know, maybe it's the hesitancy of seeing two spring leagues and maybe people wanting to just kind of back away and say, we want to see which one survives because we don't think two can survive in this marketplace. And then we'll go with that one. And maybe both leagues saw that and they said, let's just merge now. We can get that outside investment right away and then be a little more uh, solvent from there. So uh, that could be the situation, but yeah, uh, I don't think either one of them had found uh, the investors that they were looking for. Yeah. John did comment back and say, yes. So we were correct in the assumptions. Um, here's another interesting comment from Chris Mason. Chris, I see your comments. He's putting a lot in here. Entrepreneurship of two or two or three teams will just stabilize all this. <laughs> I wish it were that simple. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have my doubts again. Um, and then you run into situations where, okay, maybe two or three teams have individual ownerships and the rest is owned by the league. Well, what if one owner wants to pay his players more and the league can't keep up by paying the teams that it, uh, the players that, that uh, are on the teams that it owns. So, then you get into the mess of not having all teams being individually owned. You have some teams being individually owned, some teams being owned by the league. And it's just, it gets into, I think a messy situation that way and situations where, you know, I don't think it would be fair to say that uh, the league would be influencing anything, but you know, if you get a, an owner who is, combative and they can say, Hey, you know, my team's not getting the breaks that this league owned team is getting. How is that fair? And that's not a look that you want your league to have. Yeah. And you also don't want your league to be dependent on, on a pool of money that may or may not be there a Mm -hmm. year or two down the road or hell looking at AAF just a month down the road, really. I mean, it wasn't far. If you look back at AAF history, I mean, uh, Dundon came in and shut it down. Three weeks mm-hmm. later, four weeks later. So, I mean, it that's that's a tough situation right there for sure. Oh, Mark's got a question here. Could this be the end of the XFL brand? Almost certainly seems that way. Um, and uh, a sad end, I would say. Like as someone who followed the league in 2001, who was a super fan, who has a giant bin of collectibles back in my parents' house of things from XFL 2001, um, you know, and then in 2020 being excited about it coming back and then, you know, lasting five weeks until COVID hit and then being excited for this version and actually getting through the season and having promise for a second season and then not taking place. So unless the, unless the merger is pushed to 2025 and both leagues operate, separately in 2024 um this this will be the end of the xfl and perhaps mercifully at this point like i i can't um i can't imagine being it resurrected for a fourth time it just it does not make sense if you want to create a spring football league just use different letters because obviously those letters are (laughs) cursed in the uh annals of spring football um and with each incarnation it becomes more and more burdensome to have those letters um, because it is associated with failure, um, whether deserve it or not. Um, so yeah, it, it would appear that way. I'm in agreement on that. 
not sure what we're going to evolve to or if even we're going to evolve, but something's going to happen here and, mm-hmm. and things are going to change completely for, for yeah. our scape, scape and, and realm of things. You know, coming in, I knew this was a possibility, but like many, we just did not see this happening so fast, man. Yeah. It's, it's almost shocking, even for like... Even for my brand in itself, I just got my feet on the ground where I'm, I'm <laughs> doing things and making things happen, getting yeah. some good information, get good interviews. And then now, hey, rebrand, rebrand. Yep. I mean, so it's unfortunate. But yeah, I'm in agreement there. Makes me sad at the end of the day. Uh, but I do like for that sure. we, we could see this part of history. We know what's happening. It, it's very, very cool to be part of something, even if it's failed. Um, we know that it wasn't failed without trying at least. And we did have a year last year where we got a championship game and, and that makes me happy in the long run. Yeah. There is something to be said for that, especially looking back at the spring football graveyard that's come before. <laughs> no doubt. The AAF left me devastated back when it ended. <laughs> that's a, I don't ever want to do that again. I learned not to invest myself anymore. I mean, that's even me myself is a huge fan huge pro at spring football, alt football guy. I mm-hmm. still was not going to buy spring tickets. I mean, I mean, season tickets last year. I was going to mm-hmm. wait and I was going to buy singles because I have yep. been failed on that twice. So, And I'm sure there are many others out there like you. Uh, you know, think about all these markets that came back in 2023 and the attendance was not even close to what it was in 2020. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. wonder how many fans were in the same boat as you, where they were perhaps interested in the league, but they had been burned before. And they said, look, I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm not going to invest. I want to see that this league makes it to year two before I dive in. Uh, I want to see that they are successful before I dive in. And, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't look like they're going to get that opportunity. No, sir. That's unfortunate, but I don't know. I would rather this be the, the conclusion than be a complete end. In my opinion, I'm, I'm happy to see them trying to make things happen. It, it's so much better than just failing and sending people home on a bus or, or not sending home people at all. I mean, so. Yeah, that, this that, is this is certainly not the worst case scenario, but I, it's not the best either. It's kind of like, well, I, I guess we'll take it if this is our only <laughs> if this is our only option, which it appears like it is. <laughs> they didn't ask me. I didn't have a say in this. It's not my money. And that's that's kind of like how we have to couch everything, right? It's it's we can give all of our advice. We can uh stand here or sit here and complain and uh, commiserate and everything like that, but at the end of the day, it's not our money. And if the people who are putting their money in are not satisfied with the results, it's well within their um right to not put that much money in or not put any money in maybe. So you know, if I were a billionaire, it would be different, but I'm not. <laughs> Same. I wouldn't be doing this probably. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, let's move on to another merger piece. This one was from Mike Mitchell at News Hub. Um, he was reporting that they have actually submitted a document for merger to the Department of Justice, and they're waiting on official approval right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this hit October 6th. Let me see if I can zoom in on the words so everybody can see them. There we go. So I think we got a waiting period here of what he's, what does it say? 30 days uh, before we can find out anything. And even then we probably won't hear those details that soon. We're still going to be waiting for a a plan of some sort, I guess. Uh, In terms of this, 
Is Was this a surprise to you when this dropped? It wasn't really a surprise to me, to be honest. I expected it, considering they've come out officially and said something about the merger. But, I mean, was this a surprise to you? Did you see this being what was going to happen so quickly? Yeah, you know, you kind of read the press releases that both uh, the XFL and USFL put out, and it did seem like that they were prepared to submit the proper paperwork to uh, the government to get this approved. And then, you know, Daniel Kaplan did an interview and he's a sports business guy. And, and he kind of said, well, you know, the wording of the press release makes me think that it's they haven't done that yet. And that kind of gave everybody a pause a little bit. And they said, hmm, you know, what are they waiting on? Like, is this if they wait, how long do they wait before 2024 is off the table? And then so Mike comes out with this and says, no, 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 they've actually submitted it. So it sort of went back to what we all thought when we first read the press release. So um, not really a surprise. They, if they really wanted 2024 to be on the table, they had to act quickly because if you've ever interacted with government at any level before, you know that it is not a swift process, generally speaking. Oh yeah. Um, So, you know, the 30 days in my mind is even quick, I think. And maybe that's a best case scenario that they get word in 30 days. It could be longer than that. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that is going to really tell the tale of when they're really able to kick off is once they get their approval, where are we in terms of, t- where you know, in, in the calendar? Um, and can they make it work for 2024? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Again, it's a waiting game. That's all we can do. We can sit here. We can speculate. We can... Um, come up with different iterations of what this league look, might look like until the cows come home. But ultimately, yep, yep. ultimately we're sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting again. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. That's yes. the, the, the goal right here. I got Brett joined in. That's what he said. Typical spring football. Hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Now he did say the news leaked of the XFL draft is set for November 15th. I did view that, and I'm not sure if that's legitimate, so I did not pick that up yet. Um, do you know what he's talking about there, Brett? I, I have mean, not seen no. that. That, that is news to me. Um, there was a news posting where uh, I'm not sure where it was from, but they had reported that the XFL had a draft scheduled for November 15th to 17th. Um, Brett, if somebody will drop that link, I'll pull that video up if we can if we can get it because I've seen it like randomly through posts. But much like most of this stuff, I'm not going to report on nothing unless it's official from a source I trust or it's official from the actual leagues themselves. Right, and then no. that anything that they don't announce ahead of time is going to be tentative. So exactly, you know, they exactly. could say that, but um, it just uh, my heart is broken because Matthew, you asked me to be on this show in late August. <laughs> And the goal was to talk about the draft that was going to be happening October 4th. And let me tell you, I would much rather, Matthew, be sitting here talking about what the Arlington Renegades did in the draft and how that fits into their 2024 plans than talking about what we're talking about today. No offense, but I'd much rather be talking about that. I totally agree with you, and I'm not the one to rile people i don't i don't want to get a, a a response of ah or it makes me so sad or whatever i mean i'm just here to present what we have of course and that, that's that's all i try to do here is just be an even tone source to, to let people gauge their own opinions mm-hmm. um experts like you and and mike mitchell and, and any of any of the guys i mean you all have your own opinions and that's what makes it so special is is mm-hmm. 
if you're really a fan of these leagues and you're following guys like y'all, you know that you can gather enough information to make an educated uh, decision or, or guess on what's occurring. So, I mean, that's really why we are, we're discussing it because it's, it's all there. That's all people want to hear. It's all we got. Yeah, <laughs> so it is. I def- like I said, we intended to cover the showcase first, but we started, we got right into the merger. We didn't have much time to do anything else. But here, I got this video here. Brett sent me the link. Let me see if I can get it. I'll have to pull it up on YouTube. Um, but I want to pull it up and watch it just real quick. So, yeah, man. I will say that this... For me, it's personal also because... I want to. I want to keep doing the coverage I'm doing. I enjoy it greatly. This is gonna make a whole new world of of, of things you have to <laughs> to do here for myself personally. Yeah. Talking a lot more athletes, a lot more things. We don't even know the details yet. So, I'm I'm almost close to a fan experience because I it just hurry up and wait. Hurry up yeah. and wait. All right, I got this video here. I'm gonna pull it up. Appreciate that, Brett. In today's show, we'll meet a former software football player who may way. get picked. What's what's Brett? Do you know? I mean, yeah, Brett. Do you know what time this is? Because this is twelve minutes long. We're not gonna watch this whole thing. I'll wait till you say something, dude. We'll come back to it. I don't want to sit here guessing around for a, a the spot. You know what I mean? The joys of live broadcasting. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. I didn't want to cover it just too much, just because, like I said, I didn't. I couldn't find anything legitimate on that. And I, once again, this is something that people can take and run with. And then it probably won't happen, even if we think it is. Right. Again, tentative, you know, just as the October 4th date that was uh, talked about by Mark Lillibridge, Houston's DPP, and that um, behind the scenes XFL combine video. Um, we learned very quickly that that was, that turned out to be tentative. Um, and, and so I assume that, the November draft is tentative as well. I agree with that statement. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to copy the link to the comments and guys at home. If you haven't seen it, you can watch it on your own time. See if that'll do it. Hopefully that did it. Okay. So I tell you, I believe that's all we have on the merger stuff. There's nothing else to cover. That horse has been beat dead by every news group and organization possible uh anything before we move on from that greg i'm sure we'll have some questions about it towards the end from fans so don't be surprised but is there anything else you want to mention before we move on to the the showcase Nah, let's move on sounds good brother all right so the showcase in orlando uh, seemed like a big success now i'll say personally i tried to attend and I traded some emails with Andy numerous times, but I never got the official email to go. So I canceled my trip and did not go. Uh, really, I was looking for some kind of official press release or something to come out, but nothing ever dropped. So what we've done is we've worked with Michael Lathrop. Michael Lathrop was actually in attendance and he reported some information back to me. So big thanks to Michael for that information. Uh, he was there with the Neon Green Mafia as well as his podcast, Player 54. Uh, both great sources of information. Check them out. I think 
Player 54 is only on Spotify, and then Neon Green Mafia is a Facebook Live show. They're actually going right now as we're speaking also. But anywho, uh, there, he shared some details of that, and I'll pull them up on screen also. Uh, we saw about 300 people there. Um, that's a lot, and I didn't expect that many from, from my own research. I was very surprised that they had that many folks there, even considering that... Like, it, what's going on? That's that's a good out, output for what's happening mm -hmm. right now. So let me zoom in. There we go. So he's uh, he's reporting overall just 300 people. Uh, that's a lot of people. Approximately 150 per session. Defense was in the morning. Offense was in the afternoon. Uh, he reported some notable athletes, and we'll get that we'll get to that in a minute. But he wasn't the only one in attendance there. I had another friend there, Alan Alford. Uh, he's got a sports talk show he does on Friday nights, and he had some great interviews. So you could check him out on Twitter. He had some good stuff that he's actually brought to the table, and with, all with different individuals that are notable or will be notable next year, regardless of league merger or not. Uh, yeah, he had some pictures from the morning I wanted to show right here. So this was in the morning. Looked like it was pretty good. Everybody looked in good spirits, smiles. But anywho, just wanted to shout out Alan. Check out his show. He's he's got some good stuff going. What do you think? Do you think this attendance would have been better without all this merger news, or was this was this a successful event? Well, successful event, uh, comparable numbers to what they've gotten at the showcases uh, previous to this. And I think a lot of the showcase participants probably signed up and plopped their money down before the merger news came. So they had already invested in the uh, opportunity. So they probably thought, well, yep. I've put the money down already, probably not getting it back. So let's go and just see what happens. Um, so that's kind of my my view of it. Yeah, he reported that there was significantly less staff compared to 2022. Only guardians, coaches, and personnel staff. There were some renegades personnel staff available, but no coaches. Doug Whaley was present, but he was only he was only allowed to talk to Terrell Buckley. Mm -hmm. um, he said in 2022 he had access to basically everyone that was there, and this time it was a little different. But they did have a lot of on-the-field uh, experience, got to walk around and talk to different athletes and do a lot of different, you know, cool things that you don't normally get to do uh, being there. <clears throat> now, he said there was no breakaway data. There was no catapult or evolved technology. So this was just an old-school showcase. I'm guessing they ran some drills, did some, some speed work, hands work, stuff like that. Mm hmm all in all, it seemed like it was success. And, and judging from the pictures, I've got some more pictures. Everybody seemed to be in very good spirits. Everybody seemed to be happy. We had a lot of the super fans in attendance, so that was what was cool. They, they showed out for this. They had a little tailgate. Uh, let me pull this up. Neon Green Mafia actually held a tailgate event for this, and you had some guys travel down, guys and girls. That's pretty cool. I can't get it to pull up, unfortunately. <laughs> you talk, I have some computer issues. <laughs> Here we go. All right, so that's Rig Rocker. Then we got Ballhawk One. So I know they're both from completely different areas. Rig Rocker is more of a Texas Houston guy. Ballhawk mm -hmm. is from way up north. So he had a long route to travel. 
You get more than Neon Green Mafia crew here. Wow. <laughs> Rama Babe. And he's from Horns Forward Podcast. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. No disrespect there at all. Um, but he, he's a, he does some of the Horns Forward podcasting stuff. I don't know if you've checked them out or not yet. Great crew. Great show to check out. Usually Friday nights, they got some stuff going. Guys, I see you posting questions. I'll run those questions back when we get back to the end of the show, okay? Uh, so just keep posting them. I'll star them. I don't, don't think I'm ignoring you. So, yeah, Rig Rocker here. Rig Rocker is going to come on the show next week and join me, so that'll be a pretty good one. That's really neat. And lastly, I wanted to share this picture from Corey Helvely. And this is from the Neon Green Mafia account on Twitter. So here you see a gang right here. This is a crew of super fans, no doubt. There's Michael Lathrop right here. You see, very good spirits. They seem to be very, very into what's going on. And it's it's so crazy. I mean, this is this is a showcase where you probably don't know many, if any of the players, there's nothing like there's really nothing to see. And yet these people are coming out and supporting it. These, these fans. So, and this is after year one and, yep. you know, it just makes you wonder, you know, year two, year three, year four, and you continue to build those fan bases, what it could look like years down the line. And it, doesn't look like we're ever going to get that opportunity to see that, at least in its current form. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, most of these character forms or or, or what whatever they base on applies to what we're doing coming up. Because even today, the XFL ran a special on on clothing. I think it was uh, here. Let me see if I can pull it up. It buy three get some off. I mean, it was a good deal, but they used the super fans as as the marketing point mm -hmm. in in the actual. Um, ad and they had horns forward actually do a a promo for them. Uh, some of the super fans and horn forward here, and we'll pull this up. I know you're probably like, Why are you pulling all this stuff up, man? <laughs> Sorry, dude. Hey, it's, no, it's what they like. It's your show, and also, I see your comments, Brett. We'll get to you, I promise. Okay, let's go back. What's going on, XFL Nation? We'll come to you live from the Orlando Showcase. Are you a super fan? If so, we've got an opportunity for you. Buy some incredible swag that's going to be on sale. Incorporate it into a Halloween costume and post that on your social media with the hashtag XFL Superfan for a chance to win a $50 gift card and shout-outs from the XFL media. Be loud and proud just like this. All right. So, yeah, just wanted to share that. That's a pretty good video, man. I mean, it, as a fan, that's stuff you love to see. It, them guys aren't getting paid to do that. They're there because they love it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's cool to see. I agree. Agree. Uh, some of the notable athletes that Michael had mentioned here. Uh, da, da, da. Uh, he said the most notable was Nick James, D. Lyman, and then Caleb Samuel, wide receiver. Uh, Caleb was very explosive. Mm -hmm. So, Another thing I wanted to note here, he said quarterbacks were really underwhelming at the event. 
quarterbacks in terms of, of a whole XFL in terms of the new crew or the new recruits or whatever, they seem to be mostly underwhelming. There's a couple names that, you know, were signed or rights were signed that were pretty good. But for the most part, I mean, there wasn't much, much there. You talking in terms of uh, signings for this year or last year? Yeah, this year, yeah. this year. Yeah, last yeah, year I was mean, good. The, the thing is, you know, a lot of the guys that would really play a role in 2024 are the guys you would probably be drafting in the fall draft, That the one that's supposedly happening in November. So, I mean, that's the one you really want to look out for, for the, the names. So Brett said, Jason, that's the horns forward guy. All right, Jason, I got your name now. Sorry. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what my reason for attending was to just gauge the overall atmosphere, see how things were going, and then also mm -hmm. see what athletes were there attending. Yeah, it's It seemed like it was a successful event, even with everything going on. I was very concerned that this was going to kind of be a dried up dud. And, and it was not, judging from all these posts and these reports from different individuals. Yeah, I was kind of interested to see how the XFL would um, present it, I guess, to the public. And as you mentioned, there's no release. I think the yeah. XFL Twitter account had maybe two posts about yeah. it. So the XFL certainly wasn't going out of their way to put a spotlight on this event. And I think, you know, Mike's comments about, um, you know, not a lot of league personnel there um, to, to watch uh, certainly Terrell Buckley there with the team based in Orlando, probably, you know, there's seems like an obligation. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, any, any time you get to evaluate players, um, even if there's 300 players and you find one or two, that are interesting to you as a coach or as a personnel man, that's a success. I mean, you know, you, the more players you can look at, the more diamonds in the rough you can find. I mean, that's, that's advantageous. You want to leave no stone unturned when you are a league like this, looking to populate your rosters. Agreed. And getting the community involved, getting your fans involved, getting I mean, just like the sale, they based the sale promo off of these these characters yeah. that came up. And so, man, I would have loved to see that last year during the season, too. That would have been epic, epic promotion. And you had more more than enough people willing to be that super fan. There's there's yeah. a handful amongst each team that really represent their fandom. Well, yeah, and that was that was really neat to see. And again, it was year one. You know, yep. so I know it's it's not going to put money in the pockets of Redbird Capital to, to do that. But to see a certain amount of fans in each city embrace the teams that some of them like the Brahmas are brand new. Um, and then you got some like the Battlehawks, who were very successful in 2020, carried over to 2023. So there was a little bit of history there. Not a lot, but a little bit, um, you know, so. That was that was really cool to see, and I, it made me feel good about what the league could do in the future, about how it could build upon what they did in year one to become even more successful in year two, even more successful in year three. And again, doesn't appear like we're going to get that. Maybe the San Antonio Brahmas remain, but maybe not in San Antonio. And so those fans who you're seeing at these games dressed up and really – seeing them out there and, and giving their all as a fan, 
now that they're in a hub, you may not see that. And that's another, you know, downside of being in a hub. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, there's many downsides and, and I don't want to get on it because me and you could probably go all day on that, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Especially when you see something like this, you know, as these super fans met, I wonder if they, I mean, this could be one of the last times they meet as what they currently are. And yeah. that's kind of hard to believe. And, and even my eyes here. And as I said, many times, just like rebranding this show, it's like, we're just, we're waiting again, waiting, yeah. waiting, waiting. <clears throat> all right. I think that's about all we want to cover from the showcase. I would really like something official to come out, as you said, before we can really talk about it. If it wasn't for Michael, we wouldn't have much to discuss. Unless I know. I'm didn't. I didn't, and you didn't. So, I mean, uh, check out Alan Alford, Michael Lathrop, Neon Green Mafia, Rig Rockers, all those guys. I mean, there's always there's all something there about the showcase guys at home if you're more interested. Uh, the Twitter is really where it is and where you're going to see some videos and, and, and such from that event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's all I got on the showcase also. Yeah, that's all I got. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on that event or talk about before we start answering some questions and get to the discussion amongst the fans? Um, no, let's get to the questions. I'm excited to see what, uh, what people want to say. All right. Dun, dun, dun. So first off, <clears throat> mm-hmm. let's start with Brett. How much does a player slash agents have to pay to participate in these showcases? Uh, I may be able to pull it up. Give me just a second. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember it's right on the showcases sign up. Um, if they close the registration, it may not be available anymore. Yeah. Let's see. San Diego is showing sold out now too. And that's the, that's the last one. Um, I think it was like 200, 260. I want to say that's correct. Two. I'm looking at it right now. It's 260. Um, and I think last year it was 250. So it went up a little from 2022. Um, so that's the, that's the number there. Understood. Understood. Now I remember looking it up last year, or, or I guess it's this season, but uh, most of that, that money would be refunded. If you actually got put on a team, they actually get their cash back. Yeah. So that's, if you know, you're good, that's, that's one of the reasons to go. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it, it gets you, it gets you a networking opportunity as an athlete. It gets you a place to showcase your skills and see Absolutely. how you compare to these other guys. And if you can really make it in a career doing this, so all that it's it's worth the money for that experience for those guys. That's a really that's a really good point too. That that networking opportunity. It's not just for football, but you know, if you have any, um, you know, ideas about getting into coaching. I mean, that's that's a place where you can meet coaches. You can start to build those relationships, and even for things outside of football, you never know what's going to come up in conversation with a coach, with uh, a fellow player, or something like that. So, just being in that environment around the people that are in football could benefit you in ways you may not even think about when you're going to this uh, this uh, showcase. Agreed. Agreed. Great question. Appreciate that, Brett. Uh, Brett's got a bunch, so we're going to hit on Chris. What do you think of just merging the best of the two Houston teams? They might they might actually be halfway decent. Just kidding. LOL bang. 
Houston I, Gamblers? I do, well, I do wonder because, you know, the rumors out there are that the Houston Gamblers are going to stay in the Houston Roughnecks or not, which doesn't make any sense to me because the Roughnecks at least have a fan base. They've played in Houston for one and a half years. The Gamblers have not. So I'm not sure, um, you know, other than just evening out the number of USFL teams versus the number of XFL teams to make it seem more equal, which is, you know, the merger of equals was the quote that was in the initial Axios article. Um, that's the only reason I can think of using the gamblers. Um, but, you know, if the, the Houston Roughnecks go away, I can't imagine Wade Phillips, if he still wants to coach, not being offered a role in the new league. I can't imagine AJ Smith, who in some ways was, a breakout star of the XFL as offensive coordinator of the Roughnecks, not finding a role. So it is going to be interesting because there are going to be some people who are out of work, or you would think are out of work that if you're this new merge league, you're going to want to find a role for if they are willing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that opportunity is there. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough one for me because I'm a Houston fan, so I try not to be biased, but it's hard not to be. To be it's, honest, yeah. It, I, you, hey, look, if you're a Houston fan, you're 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 more than welcome to have a bias. That's that's we're gonna allow that for for this case. <laughs> well, I want my roughnecks to stick around first and foremost. <laughs> um, I would hate to have a of a, a brand switch there, and I feel like that would cause a lot of trouble in Houston. Houston. Fans there are very proud of their teams, and and that goes for reason. It's not just something that just gets brought up and they they roll into it. I think a lot of the fans in Houston last year were just scorned from that 2020 season, being as they were the best team in the league, and and it shut down. So I mean, it, it's kind of like uh, I'm going home. I'm gonna take my ball and go home. I don't care type of attitude. So. I don't know. I hope that it comes out right for the fans, honestly, and in the players and coaches, because there's some great coaches and great players on that Houston team that you would love to see continue their careers. Sure. Okay, let's move on to some more. Da, da, da. All right, here's another one from Brett. Guys, do you have any idea how big the merger potentially will be? We could be talking about this league for decades to come. My instincts are scary good, and trust me, this is what we all been waiting for. That's more of a comment, but in terms of the hey. <laughs> the big merger, yeah, it's big. I know. I just wish we had more details. Yeah, I without the details, I can't say because the mm-hmm. the you know, and I wrote the column on XFL board. The devil's going to be in the details because I think a lot of fans are waiting to hear what this league is going to look like before they decide whether to pledge their allegiance to the national spring football league or whatever it's going to be called. And there are going to be some fans who look at the setup and if it's the hubs, they're going to say, I have no interest. And that's just the reality of it. And so, you know, I appreciate Brett's instincts. I, I, I don't I do not question them, but I'm not ready to go out on that limb until I see more details. And, and cause that's, that's really what this is going to be about. Um, so yeah yeah i totally agree with that and here brett sent this off to scorned and the uniforms changed xfl 23 screwed that up big time in my opinion i don't know i i i know that the uniforms are you know everybody has their own opinion um i kind of like the roughnecks uniforms in 2023 i didn't have a real problem with them i like the old ones better i will say but 
I did like the way the the actual uniforms looked in person on TV. Just did not do justice compared okay. to actually seeing them in person and seeing how the schemes work together. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel that both ways nice. though. That's what I mean. The PJ Walker jersey I have behind me is one original I bought from someone, and and man, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. it I might be starting this week for Cleveland. I seen that. Shout out to <laughs> PJ. I hope it goes well, man. I really do. He's got some athletes there that he can he can throw to if he can do some things. All right, another question. Here we go. This one's from John. There was a report that teams that go poof, there would be a draft on that. Seriously, between the showcases and the talent on the teams going poof, it's going to be a hell of a draft after the merge. And this is the one good thing that's coming out of this, in my opinion, is we're going to have some some skilled ball players on this merger and whatever it becomes, and that that should equal better gameplay across yeah. the board, and that's more entertainment. So yeah, absolutely, and I think I think what John is um, uh, referring to here is the right way to go. You know, again, we don't have any details on what's going to happen to the players who are on teams that no longer exist, but I think. Um, and I threw this out again in my in my column about the details about this merged league. I think this sort of contraction draft, you know, you hear about expansion drafts where you, the league expands, but when they contract, it would be a contraction draft, right? So all these players on these contracted teams would go into a draft available to um, all of the, the teams that are left. I think that's probably the best way to handle it. Um, so I hope that's that's the way it goes because there are a lot of good players on those teams. But um, yeah, I, I I think that's I think that's the way to go, and I think it will be a hell of a draft after the merger. And like you said, Matthew, I think that um, the the gameplay is going to be the big beneficiary of this merge league. It's uh, you know the players are going to be better and everything like that. Mm, had a comment from Joe M. Sounds like empty threats. You're going to stop watching the league you bought merchandise for because you'll have to wait a year to watch in person again. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't ever remember saying I wasn't going to watch or cover. I don't think Greg said that either from my my knowledge. We're just discussing the the fine print here and discussing the details. Uh, This is going to hurt the fans more than the media, for sure, on that. And I am a fan in media, but I'm still in support of the league. So, Joe... You need to watch more of our shows to see how we feel. And I, and I do think there are fans for the DC defenders, for example, like that, you know, they packed the house at Audi field and now you're going to take that team away from them, put mm-hmm. it in a hub in who knows where St. Louis maybe. And to expect those fans to continue following that team. I don't know. I, I, I don't blame them if they decided not to, is, is all I, I'll say. I agree. I agree with that. And, you know, I say, I say, you know, a wholeheartedly approach that I support it. I don't have to be happy about it. And I can voice concerns just like a fan and, and whoever else. I mean, we aren't owners of this league. We have no power. <laughs> Absolutely none. This is all we can do is have a, a common discussion amongst others. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what we're doing here. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so Joe said he wasn't implicating y'all. All right, I appreciate that Joe. Cause I, I thought that was kind of aimed at us. So. He said he was talking about the people online who claim they're going to stop watching. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can see that. And unfortunately, many people will. That's the sad thing about it. And I don't doubt that because you can gauge that from 2020 to 23, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You can see the drop off. 
the people that still liked it stayed. Everyone else jumped off the ship. I mean, we know that there wasn't enough marketing back this last season to gather the amount of people that were there. Most of these individuals were fans before and stayed fans during and and sat on the edge of their seat waiting for this. Sure. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Here's one from Brett. When does Brett, a.k.a. Bert, get to come on live? Brett, I invited you a while back, man. You never got back to me. Anytime you're interested, you let me know. We'll get you scheduled. I promise. Just message me on Facebook. Here we go. Here's one from Jay the Mimes. So do you think they keep them in the markets or just go to hubs? And this is the question that we all want to wait for. The reports right here is hubs right now. That's what we're sitting at. We don't know for sure, but as of right now, the reports are stating hubs. Yeah. The, the, it's all specu- it's all speculation yep. at this point, informed speculation to a certain extent, but um, that's that's the early word, and you know we'll see again. We'll see what the whole picture looks like. I think not a lot of people are excited about the hubs, um, but who knows? It, it's going to be what does the entire picture look like? What are the rules? What are the teams? What are the you know, what's the ownership structure, all of this stuff that's all going to play a part in fans deciding whether or not they want to continue investing in um, this merge league. Exactly. Uh, to, to cover one from Rig Rockers. He said the Orlando showcase was awesome. A lot of great talent showed up and showed out. So he was the super fan there. Um, great know, to hear. Houston. Yeah, he's a good guy. We spoke today. He's going to come on the show Wednesday next week. So that should be a good one. Look forward to that one. Okay. We're almost done, Greg. I appreciate your time, man. Yeah, no problem. Taking the time to hang out afterwards, even discuss some of the fans. Here we go. Oh, never mind. That's an old one. Excuse that. All right. This is the last one I'm going to say, guys. Mike Mitchell has been pretty spot on on what's about to happen in the past. Difference this time is executives are calling Mike to see what's going on. That's a pretty tight lid. I mean, honestly, I don't know who his sources are or what where he gets his information. But I'll tell you, most of his information regarding this has been true. Mm-hmm. The things that he has voiced to me personally and spoke with me personally have come true and usually hit the market pretty fast. Um, so I agree with that. I mean, he he's he's a pretty reliable source of information. And if, if you have to doubt him, go look at his track record and what he says and mm-hmm. see the, the truth in, in what he says after. I mean, it, it's, it's a given he's got a, a public record. Yeah. And his reporting is the basis for a lot of the foundation of what we're talking about here tonight. Exactly. Uh, if, exactly. if it weren't for him, we'd be even more in the dark than we are now, which exactly. wouldn't leave a lot for us to talk. We'd be st- sitting here staring at each other for most of the show, Matthew. <laughs> Hey, you're pretty, but you're not that pretty, Greg. <laughs> hey, fair enough. <laughs> but all right, I think that's all we got, man. I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore. We've had a lot of talk here amongst everything we could talk about, I feel like. Um, it's been a great, man. I appreciate you coming on, Greg. Uh, yeah. It, great source for some some applied knowledge with Greg. Greg writes on xflboard.com. Check him out, please. I'm sure most of you that are listening already are familiar with Greg. I'll include all his information, and it's rolling there at the bottom also. It has been for some of the show off and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, I want to ask you, I saw you do some wrestling stuff too. Did you want to Did you want to spot that in case any of the fans at home like wrestling? Just tell us more. 
Sure. I've uh, been writing for Pro Wrestling Torch for about 15 years. Um, and uh, you can find my work at pwtorch.com. I host a podcast every Sunday night called Wrestling Night in America on pwtorchdailycast.com. It's, we go live every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I also have a column in the Torch newsletter each and every week. And if you're interested in signing up, you can get the details at uh, pwtorch.com slash govip. Awesome. Appreciate that, Greg. And I know you're a big, big proponent of the wrestling community. I, I see a lot of your stuff on Twitter. I don't know. I'm not a real big fan, so I can't follow in, 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 in the means that I need to. But yeah. <laughs> I know that's a big, important thing. It's an acquired taste. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I mean, and that's what I don't whatever floats your boat, you know, whatever you like. Yeah. It's good to see passion. And that's what I'm yeah. about. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of your fans do as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on here, Matthew. Really appreciate the invite and uh, always good talking to you about XFL. Yes, sir. You as well. We'll see you next time, Greg. Have a good night. Sounds good. You too. Thank you, sir. All right. We're going to wrap this thing up. Appreciate Greg for coming on. Uh, This is his second appearance. So thanks again, Greg. Much appreciated. Whenever he jumped on the first time, this live was just getting started. We actually got some legs and we're walking now. So it's cool. It's enjoyable to see um, come back to where we started and have a discussion. So appreciate that, Greg, greatly. Thank you. Uh, Tuesday next week, we'll have Taylor Roslino on. That should be a great one. Uh, the championship kicker for the Arlington Renegades. Great, great name to talk uh, XFL in general with. I mean, he's been a known name since the 2020 season. So we'll look forward to that. Wednesday, Rig Rocker is going to join us. Uh, both shows are at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Uh, that's PM. So check those out if you'd like. It, it should be a good time, live and interactive. So if you need to ask a question or you're interested in anything, you can go ahead and, and do that. So we'll be good. Uh, on my super fan crew, if you guys are interested in coming on a show, let me know. I would like to get three to five super fans at the same time on this show to, to have some discussion. I think your opinions are noted and need to be noted. So if you guys are interested, reach out. I know there's a few of you I'm going to reach out to. I reached out to Rig Rocker today, but there's a few more that I want to touch base with. So don't be surprised if I reach out first. Uh, thank you to the XFL for letting me cover the league. It's always a privilege and an honor. Unfortunately, I didn't get to attend the showcase in Orlando, but that's okay. Um, things fall through the cracks sometimes, I understand. Uh, also, thanks to XFL board. A uh, great place for information, very accurate information, and also discussion. Check out the discussion boards. There's some good combos going on in there. And then there's a adequate place to post there and have some intelligent responses. So that's worth checking out, in my opinion. I'm not big on discussion boards because I do the podcast, and, and this is my thing. But a lot of people uh, post there, and there's some good information, good thoughts, good experiences. So check that out, xflboard.com. That's discussion boards. Uh, I think that's it for me. Guys at home, appreciate you watching and commenting. Uh, Everyone who came in today, appreciate you greatly. Uh, Brett, we'll get you on soon, I promise, man. I'll shoot you a message and we'll schedule it. Uh, Look forward to talking with you live as well. Uh, But anyway, I think that's it for me, guys. It's been it's been been a trip. I mean, it's not over yet. We'll see where we end up with this merger news. Um, check out some more. There, we're going to have some expansion on the show soon. 
I'm not going to say too much about it because it's kind of tough when we still don't have a, an actual name of the future league or anything uh, concerning the XFL. But, I mean, just check it out. There'll be some expansion plans soon, and, and we're going to definitely take it up a notch for this next season, even if the expansion doesn't happen. So keep keep your tabs open. Keep some outlooks on that. I'm going to be doing some different things. It's been an honor, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for attending. Uh, until next time, I'll see you then. <laughs> Have I hit the exit? <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs>